1: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
2: Let's make this older, All dumpier, in, right? and whiter. There
1: you- <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
2: Sort of, I guess. I mean, you know, why do people keep talking about this guy when he isn't winning? Who does he think he is? Me?
1: <laughs> Danica Patrick <laughs> with the <laughs> <laughs> <Tiger Woods joke. laughs> Let's go back to the British (laughs) Open update desk, where Dave Harrigan has an update on uh, the current leaderboard, the conditions. The conditions are tough.
3: Very
1: tough. tough. Conditions are tough. Really tough. tough Yeah.
3: Yes, boys. Tiger Woods is still on the course. He has uh, stayed at nine or at at, uh, two under par through nine holes. I should say he has made it through the uh, front nine under par, which is. Frankly, a miracle for Tiger Woods on a Thursday at a PGA tournament. So congratulations to Tiger Way to go, Woods, that Eldrick. T-
1: that knee-knocking ten-footer for par. I'm, proud. Might I'm Propel proud him. him to his first major championship in ten years. I'm proud but, of Tiger right uh, now. Dustin Johnson currently standing over what looks to be a six-foot double bogey putt. He's oh, already plus two. No. Yeah. That teaches you. He's going to flex the muscles. He misses oh. it too. Triple- uh, flex See? the muscles, try to drive it 400 yards every time, and this is what happens.
0: Dustin but. still got this tad of choke very much in, in him on a consistent basis. I was told in the last for, for the open, I said he's going to choke on Sunday, and I was told by a few people, no, he no longer chokes, he's fine now. I think he still got it, no, apparently, which makes me and Gretz were very upset. So
1: they showed a graphic that the first 14 holes are playing collectively 101 strokes over par, but yep. then the last four holes are playing 121 strokes over par. So the last four holes are as hard, if not harder, than all of the other holes combined in terms of score relative to par. So good luck to everybody. Go back to Dave
3: here. The rest of the leaderboard, uh, Kevin Kistner still a top by himself at five under par. We have three guys at four under par. Eric Van Ruen, Tony Finau, Xander Lombard all off the course. 3-under, Brandon Stone, Ryan Moore there off the course, Brendan Steele is through 17 and yes that group at 2-under does include Tiger, Danny Willett, Pat Perez, John Rahm, Rory, a few others, Justin Thomas is at 2-under par, let's just double check and yes Darren Clark is still losing the tournament at 11 over par.
1: 82 for the day. And no let's give it up, him. Tiger Woods. Another easy par for our guy. Cruise control. We had a chance. Oh, of, wait, nope. I'm no. sorry. That was a bogey. Yeah, the par, what happened? The par putt sailed he, uh, right past the cup.
2: He hit his drive into the fairway bunker and literally had to go sideways. Oh, out. I didn't see that part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought the approach was for birdie. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Never mind. First bogey of the day. Uh, by the way, chipper uh, miscommunication. Chipper on the phone next segment. What happened around the phone?
3: So what happens when Judd tries to nail down a guest. They just Don't get up. What was up, the communication
1: that? between you and Chip that led him to think that and it was absolutely a nothing. Of in the studio? Absolutely nothing. What happened? I don't know. You were the one booking the guest. You were the one communicating. Oh no, 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 no. This was never supposed to be on the phone. Oh. We needed Chip in studio. We needed our
0: Yeah, we Chip we fix. we needed a, our hour of Chip. Oh. <laughs> This is a dropped. This is a drop ball. I right hear. I. I don't like to blame people, but I will. This is. I'm going to blame this on. <laughs> I'm going to blame this first on Dave because I feel like Dave is my backup to make sure that things go straight, and that didn't happen. So I'm blaming you first. I'm blaming Chip second. This is an understood in studio appearance. I was worried. I was actually growing very concerned about Chip. He's never late, and so I thought to myself, he's not texting. He might be dead.
1: So, you, but I'm blaming. So I'm blaming myself third right now. Yeah, we had a conversation off the air because usually when on Thursdays when Chip comes in for the nine o'clock hour, he's sometimes he's here at like eight fifteen. He beats me on just, Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, like he'll text, you know, traffic's bad. You know, get nervous, and he'll show up still eight twenty-five or yes. you know, thirty minutes before. Uh, but you you guys worked together on the Vikings be at the Star Tribune. Yeah. What are are there any legendary Chip Scoggins being early for things oh, and
0: stories? Oh, Seifert's got the best one. So Seifert had switched to ESPN. This is 2000 and was it 2010 that the Vikings played the Halloween game against the Patriots? And we were we were staying so we stayed in Boston, and Foxborough is I don't know, approximately probably an hour drive from Boston. So game gets done. We drive back to our hotel, which honest to God, is on it's on the airport site. So the airport's here, our hotel was right by it. So Seaford was gonna ride. Did you guys have a rent a car though? Yes. Yeah, so he yes. so had to drop the rent a car. And off, so Seifert, and, all- and so I think we did. Or did we not have a rent a car? Anyway, Seaford joined us in going to the airport on Monday after that game. And Chip's like, we still gotta go. Early, man. We got to go. So we got there. And to this day, Kevin Seifert on his cell phone has a picture of Logan Airport looking like a bomb had gone off because there was nothing <laughs> no, in it. The there's just a, There's just, just Seifert got, got there. Thoughts. And Seifert's howling, <laughs> laughing. And you look down the terminals. And there is, honest to God, no one there. I believe, I think the flight took off at 8, 8 a.m. Eastern time. We were there at I think 5:45 Eastern time and there was no one in Logan Airport.
1: In fairness to Chip, I have very similar airport paranoia. I don't know oh, what I it do is. Feels like there's there or, the, once in every 10 times you show up and there's a line that goes out the door to the to the drop-off zone and unless you're unless you have TSA pre and I don't right now, that's, that's probably worth the 80 bucks or whatever just to avoid that yes. anxiety. I'm with Chip. Like I don't feel comfortable unless I'm at the airport two hours before a flight. And then if it's, if it's open and clear, go get a drink and hang out and waste some time. Chip and I once flew into a, it was a Vikings either Giants or Jets game
0: into Newark Airport. And we got a car and we were staying out, not right by the stadium, but towards it. And I kid you not, there was a bunch of construction at the airport going on. And we got turned around and we accidentally went went into like Hoboken or something like that. Got turned around going back and thought that, that we could get to our hotel. Ended up back in the airport. Got so lost, we returned the rental car and took a cab. We never essentially left the airport. <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving around and chipping. Out, and I can't help him because I have no clue. So we're driving around. We're driving around. We can't get. We essentially are stuck in the airport. We can't f- figure out how to get on the freeway going towards where we know our hotel is. So after just a clown show, just a complete clown show of approximately a half hour or more, we decided we're returning the car. We're taking a cab. <laughs> so we rented a car that we never used.
1: Did you? Did you have to? What did you pay for that?
0: You it was on the company someone... dime. I'm sure we paid oh, okay. for a day or an hour. I have no idea. I have no clue, but we were so incredibly lost that we decided, bleep it, we'll just take a cab. (laughs) So we're the only people probably in the history of the world to have a rental car that we never essentially got off the airport grounds and took back to the rental car people and said, bleep this.
1: Little did, little did Chip know he was he was inside a rent-a-car, lost, with a guy who doesn't know how to decipher north, south, east, west. Oh, I
0: made that very clear to Chip. No, Chip knew that. <laughs> Chip knew that, but th- this is before before the uh. cell phone directions. And so Chip is good about getting directions and jotting them down very precisely. But there was so much construction work going on that his directions didn't apply in this case. So we drove around, drove around, drove around, went into a bad part of town by accident, <laughs> got turned around again, got back to the, the airport and decided, oh, we'll uh, just take a cab.
1: Uh, man, somebody should have been recording this. Really I this. think this was 2010, too. Maybe. And this was during the
0: whole Favre thing when Favre, of course, had the pictures going around.
1: A trip to- 2010? You, you had maps on phones in 2010? Did you, Chip? And I didn't know that. Did you have, did you have smartphones? Uh, no, I had, um, phone? my last phone at the Strib before I started here
0: was a, um, BlackBerry of sorts. Yeah. Black BlackBerry, right? have maps. Don't they have GPS on Blackberries? They, they might now. Yeah. I don't think they did then. At the then.
3: time, I bet if it was, it wasn't, you know, nearly as
1: turn by turn as you get now, I bet. True. And I guess if there's construction, it's possible mm-hmm. that a 2010 BlackBerry would have gotten Two morons too. completely lost. <laughs> just decided. Just decided. Take your
3: car back. We don't need your car. I can imagine how ch- furious Chip was at that time with you, not knowing where to go. He wasn't
0: mad at me. Were you? Dr- he, he was, was driving, mad- or you were? He driving? was driving.
3: I I don't drive. Well, you do well, drive okay, actually. Well, We've seen I drive. You drive. With,
0: no, I drive with. I drive if if the directions. If I'm with Dawn, I drive. But if I'm on the road and I don't have to, I prefer not to have
3: to drive. Well, that's t- that's on that's on Chip and you then. I mean, trusting you to be the directions guy is not a good idea. I was
0: reading the directions, which were right, except for the fact that there was so much construction that we got lost and we couldn't get around the construction because we didn't know how. So I don't fault us for
1: that. We were just two pretty lost dudes. I feel like as much as we, we already know, Judd, we've learned so much more about him today. <laughs> that live life as as point A to point B as possible. Don't put, don't, don't risk failing. Don't risk any sort of humiliation. And uh, even if it inconveniences the people, friends, and loved ones around you, it's all about Judd. Hum- Whatever makes Judd happy and comfortable, first and foremost and only.
0: Humiliation doesn't bu- bug me. Inconvenience really bothers me. Okay. I'd say that's more it. Because I, I don't mind being the butt of jokes, but I hate being inconvenienced. But you'll gladly, if I'm on the
1: road, I don't want to But you'll happily and gladly inconvenience somebody else if it makes you more comfortable. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty accurate. All right, we'll get Chip on the phone when we come back. (laughs) Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Right now. On 1500 ESPN. I'm going back to our communication here. Yep, we were so looking forward to Chip coming in studio, spreading your wings, Chipper. And so Chip, Chip texted us dun, 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 Monday. I still get the song Monday night. He still got the song. We're not mad, just hurt. And Chip said, "Hey boys, I have I have to be at work um, Wednesday, Thursday from nine to eleven a.m. What should we do about uh, about Thursday?" And and my my response was, "Want to join in the noon hour one of those days?" I should, I'm going to take the blame. I should have said, join in studio in the noon hour.
0: So it's you, one, Dave, two, chip, three. So I fall to <laughs> fourth in blame now. I like this.
4: I You know, I am, uh, as Judd knows, I'm maniacal about uh, being prepared and on time. And I just don't like flying by the seat of my pants, so... <laughs> I feel bad. I, I, I don't like getting our wires crossed like this. I'm, I'm crushed. But I heard you did get a good segment making fun of me. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't make
3: fun of you. I told the Boston story
0: on the time that we got the uh, re- rental car in Jersey and couldn't get out of the damn airport and took it back and just took a cab to our hotel.
4: <laughs> I could see the hotel from where we picked it up. I, we literally could see it, but I could not figure out how to get there. It was the most confusing setup I've ever seen, so... Uh, you know, I think we had that thing for about what fifteen minutes. And we took about it a back. half hour, yeah. Chip, in that moment when
1: you're when you're driving around in a in an area you don't know and it's construction and you're trying to figure out how to hell to get from this point to that thing that you see the hotel, and you've yep. got a partner in crime in Judd Zolget in the passenger seat. How much of a help was Judd? Like, what was Judd doing during that moment?
4: Um I'm swearing. I don't think he was much of a hell. <laughs>
1: no, I wasn't.
4: I don't think he was inebriated.
0: Was <laughs> no, no, I wasn't drunk. We we were both I've I've never seen you that mad though. You were uh, you were that's as I mean you you get annoyed and frustrated, but you ordinarily are like me, you don't get flat out mad. That's as mad as I've seen you. Because yeah, you're looking I, at the hotel, you're
1: like, there's the hotel! I love the, the The best thing that Chip could say about Judd in that moment was, well, he wasn't drunk.
0: <laughs> I was no help. I was no help at all. Well, I was trying to read well, Chip's instructions. How was it?"
4: Yeah, I mean, we clearly didn't get there. We turned the car in. But yeah, there was a lot of, uh, if, if that had, if you had to put that on the radio, it would be just a constant beeping out of my uh, swearing, <laughs> because it was, uh, I was a sailor at that moment, That's that's for sure. That's amazing.
1: All right, we want to ask you. We haven't talked about this all week on our show. You wrote a column for Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. So So, uh, er- Eric Kaler, what, t- Tiger, Tiger did something there. good L- again. L- the birdie for Tiger there, back yeah. within three of the lead. So, Eric Kaler uh, has announced he will uh, at the, at the end of a year here, he will no longer be president of the University of Minnesota, and and you wrote about it from an athletic department perspective. So, what are your thoughts as you're looking at it through the through the lens of a Mark Coyle? Or just observing the dynamic between president and athletic department, and a lot of the strife and and problems that have popped up over the years. What are your thoughts going forward here, Chip, on that position?
4: Yeah, and talking to people over there, I don't get the sense that there's um, uh, nervousness. But I, I think, as one person uh, described it, as you're always unsure of what kind of uh, leader you're going to get, and. Obviously, academics are going to come first. When you're hiring a university president, that's number one. But when you think about how important a president's vision is, uh, with athletics, I mean, how many times was President Kaler in the newspaper or on TV because of athletics, both good and bad? Um, and it's just, and, and when we look at the importance and the, and the amount of money that's being funneled through college sports right now, uh, you know, that's a big, that's a big part of the decision i i would have to think when you're vetting out candidates kind of what is your vision vision for athletics because this is a billion dollar uh, business now and and their budget's 121 million in their athletic budget and so uh you would hope that they whoever they find the next leader understands that you know college sports whether you agree with it or not whether yep. you like it or not and i know there are a lot of people that think college sports are out of control with the amount of money and it's sort of become semi pro, and I get that, but as always say, you either either show commitment or you don't. You sit on the sidelines, and and this is not the time to sit on the sidelines, and they have momentum now. You know, President Kaler, we can go through his record, but you have to acknowledge that he signed off on a $166 million athletic uh, facilities project, and so they have some momentum with the new hires, with the Athletes Village coming on. They need to win more in football and basketball, but... Uh, they have to continue to to keep up with the arms race because every other school is.
0: And Chip, the most important thing here too is is the fact that that football and basketball and your key sports are what everyone sees, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can have the greatest school on earth, and, and there's going to be uh, people, certainly, th- that know about your hospitals and your programs, but that's a small group. The thing that's going to lead the news is if something goes really right or wrong in sports. So, I think that's the most important thing, and Kaylor at times, didn't seem to get that, or he didn't want to, uh, but I think the most important thing is is, to your point, no matter how the school feels about sports. Sports are the window to your school, and if you and if you get embarrassed there, guess what? There's repercussions.
4: Yeah, and and um, it always people always talk about athletics, and, and by athletics they're saying football or basketball, men's basketball being the front porch or the window to your university because that's how people a lot of people view you know university, and so you want to if that's the first thing you see and that's what draws people in, then you want it to you know reflect that, and so you think about how much do you think Wisconsin's entire school, not just the athletic department, but entire school changed when they started going to Rose Bowls in terms of donations coming in, Huge uh, enrollment numbers, huge. I mean, how many, how many people go to Ohio state because of football, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just, I know, I know it drives some people crazy, but it's the fact, I mean, that's just, it's just, you know, reality. And so I remember reading a story back when, when Gary Barnett took uh, Northwestern, uh, to those Rolls Bowls, which, you know, the, the historic, uh, their, uh, giving from boosters skyrocketed. And so that's, you know, that's where you have to have an understanding is that, um, people associate the university and a lot of the, you know, goodwill or negative feelings based on how the sports department's doing.
1: Chipper, I believe the next time we talk to you, uh training camp will have started for the Minnesota Vikings. What are some of the things that you're most curious about as they shift over to Egan here? What are you what are you gonna be looking at the most closely once training camp starts?
4: Yeah, obviously, I mean everybody's looking at, at Cousins and how he's um how he's running the offense, how he's connecting with his receivers and, and just kind of the whole chemistry. I think um, you know, the offensive line where that settles. To me, those are the two biggest things. Defensively, you know what they're gonna be. I mean pretty much everybody's coming back and Intact, but I think um, Cousins won, and then also how you know how that line, where they land on it with, and and, and assume they're going to kind of juggle things around and move pieces around so they figure out who their best five is. Um, but I think that's probably the number two storyline right now, and then. And then we'll see if they get barred or dig signed in in the next week I wouldn't be surprised if you know you show up on report day late next week and one of them has signed a contract that's just based on gut and what they've done traditionally um so I think those are probably the three biggest things going into next week
0: hey Chip, what's your take on on Kirk as far as a person I keep seeing these stories like like the, the one that, that we saw in the past couple of days now is he tweeted out all these rocks that he's got basically <laughs> for the rest of his life that's going to take him to 90. There is, yeah, I, and I I have no idea. He might be he might be a great QB, and if, if he is, more power to him. Seems like a bit of an
4: odd dude, though. Yeah, I mean that's you know, I'm sure there'll be some people that think it's uh, phony because you know he's always smiling. He's he's um, putting uh you know the positive spin on things on everything, and, and um, I haven't been around him enough to know. I mean, you talk to people that have covered him, and you get nothing but. You know, glowing reports. Um, we'll see how that translates in a locker room when, when things are going bad. You know, because uh, it's not always going to be great. And so, that that's the one thing that you don't really know. I mean, we we, we can sort of guess how he's going to play on the field, but you know, how is his personality going to gel with the entire locker room? I, I think it'll be okay. But I mean, some of that stuff is you know, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like flex. You know, a little bit. It, you yeah. know, might not resonate with everybody. Uh, you know, taking one rock out each month, but if that's you know, he, he definitely lives his life, you know, a certain way, and and um, and you know, so I. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how his personality develops, and you know, because it's you walk in as a leader, but you also have to earn it too when you when you're in that position, and, and I think that'll be kind of an interesting thing to track here throughout training camp, just kind of how
1: this becomes his team and his locker room. Uh, Chip Scoggin, StarTribune, StarTribune.com. So uh, we we mentioned Stefan Diggs a couple minutes ago. He is about to get paid borderline, and now depending on when he signs, if he signs right now, maybe it's like borderline top five wide receiver money. If he has a good year, maybe it vaults him up toward the top of the market. Either way, I think it's worth it. My thought is, my, my first thought was, man, that's just Brandon Cooks just became the third highest paid wide receiver. Is he enough of a game changer to warrant at that position? And my theory, Chip, is you tell me what you think. You don't have one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. Cousins reliable, but he's not an Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. You don't have an amazing offensive line. It's good. It's fine. It's better than it was two years ago. You're you're not good enough at those two spots to start to skimp on skill position players and let guys like Diggs walk out the door. So I'd overpay for him to help prop up the rest of the offense and the quarterback and, uh, and find other positions to maybe cut at the next couple of years. What, what do you think?
4: Yeah. yeah you know, I initially, when it's all started, I, I thought I would put bar ahead of Diggs in the pecking order. I, I don't now. Um, and I don't know why I changed. Just the fact that I just think Diggs and is going to be so valuable when you commit that kind of dollars to Kirk Cousins. You want to give him every opportunity and surround him with the best talent. And so, um, you know, the price tag is going up. When you look at what receivers have received this off season. I, I think, it, you know, it's going to be tough to resign him and keep Barr, too. I, I don't know how you're going to be able to do both of those. Maybe Rob Brzezinski has some magic in him. I don't know. But the one thing you do have to wonder, though, if you break the bank on, on Diggs, what are you going to do with Thielen? Now, obviously, those two are – good friends, and you can see it on social media, and you see it in the locker room. So I don't think it would be awkward, but, you know, you would have two comparable receivers with one making a huge amount. Would you have to restructure and, and, and redo uh, Thielen's contract after this year, too, to kind of make it more equitable? Um, that's something I think you'd also have to factor in.
0: I think that's a yes, Chipper. Uh, I think the re- the reason why you've changed on bar is, is why I've done the same. Anthony Barr, two or three years back, you said to yourself that this guy is the absolute linchpin of this defense. He can, he can move around and play different spots and be absolutely uh, a key player on a weekly basis. And I think now what we've seen is he could still be that guy, but the inconsistency has been there enough chip that I think yeah. that's why we pulled back on Barr because there are, there are weeks and there are periods of time where Barr plays great. And when Barr's playing great, he is worth a ton. But we've also seen periods of time where he doesn't. And, and I really think that, that this defense is good enough that if you if Barr is going to be inconsistent, you're still going to have a very good defense, even if you don't pay him uh, top dollar and he leaves. I think that's why it's changed to Digs more than Barr now than it used to be.
4: Yeah, and I don't disagree, because you're right. When When he's playing at a high level, he's a unique talent. And whether he's blowing up those bubble screens or whatever... Uh, you can just see he's a different type of – you can see why Mike Zimmer fell in love with him and, and uh, you know, figured out ways he could use him creatively. But then there's also times – and I don't want to say it's five-game stretches, but there's times where you're like, well I didn't really notice him in that game too much. You know, he didn't make a lot of plays. And maybe that's just whatever for whatever reason. But, yeah, I, I think there are more peaks and valleys there. And I just think as unique of a player and as special a player as he could be, I think replacing Diggs would be tougher. Um, because of what he means to the offense, and, and you, you know, you just have Thielen, and then what else after him? And so, um, I, I think, and with the cousins factor too, that you want to, like I said, surround him with with the best talent that you can. So, um, and I'm not I'm not closing the book and saying that you know I, I don't know for sure that you know Brzezinski won't be able to get both of them done, but. When you look at the contracts that wide receivers are getting right now and, and Diggs is going to look at that too and want to be paid accordingly, I'm just not sure how you're going to be able to do both of those guys. Yeah. All right,
1: Chip, we'll catch up next week. Sorry, man. Chipper.
4: I, I let you down. We'll, I'll be there next week. Yeah, wow. Well, really, seriously. Do not <laughs> better, won't Chip, Come on. <laughs> on Thursday,
1: Phil's going to be gone,
0: and so you're going to miss each other again. This is very disappointing, Chip. We'll talk yep. about it later, okay?
1: Oh, okay. All right, bye, bye, Chip. Chip Start StartCommune, StartCommune.com. Poor guy's going to feel bad now for a week. He actually does feel bad, too. No, I, I, know. Crap. I wouldn't, but he does. Dave, what kind of questions do you have for
3: us? We're getting back to Creed and specifically Scott <laughs> Stapp conversation as oh, part of questions. And <laughs> let's just say intern Max's night last night went awry on a couple of fronts. Oh, no, dude. Yeah, they, we're gonna They gonna didn't have, to... have zoodles. They were
1: out of zoodles. We're
3: going to break that down.
1: Okay. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN.
3: Phil Mackey.
0: Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he
3: doesn't take it seriously.
1: Judd Zolgad.
3: Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded about sports.
4: <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd.
3: Do
0: you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant
3: importance. Ophelia.
1: All right, Dave Harrigan's got some questions for us. Very important questions. I do. I have do very
3: important questions. Significantly important. Do we have a Tiger update, by the way? Are we still at two under? I know you've been I believe, keeping
1: very close I believe he is. Attention. Yep, I believe he's still at two under. He uh, he he bombed that 40-foot birdie putt to move to two under. And, uh, okay. Yeah, he's going to have like 70 or 80 feet for birdie on his next one. So, little two-putt par and on to the next. Three right. off the lead, baby. You won five dollars from he's me. He's Dialed in. You've won. Oh, because he's passed his uh, ten. He's passed hole. ten holes, right? There it is. All
0: right. Yeah. No. You won five bucks.
1: Jud bet without me having to risk anything that Tiger Woods would withdraw before the tenth hole today. I thought he would. Thank you, Jud. I was wrong. You're welcome. Appreciate the uh, five dollar footlong today. Enjoy.
3: Enjoy the money. <laughs> enjoy the sandwich. They still do five dollar footlongs. I think it's six,
1: I think it's six dollars now. That's all right. Inflation. Yeah, that's not. Still, could, it's still a good deal. Six dollar. Six dollar <laughs> foot long. You could. It doesn't work. As long as it's a no. one sil- you could do. As long as it's one syllable, it works for everything but seven, basically. Little meatball Eight, sub, nine, little ten. meatball sub today. What you going to get? I don't know yet. We'll see. Let's get to questions. Crab? Let's do that.
3: Mm-hmm. Ranking of all fifteen Western Conference NBA teams from least to most most watchable. I stumbled across on uh, for the win today USA Today Sports blog. Mm-hmm. Guess where your Timberwolves are at? What do you think?
1: I think it's eye of the beholder here because you could make a case. They've got two of the best players in the league, so they're fifth most watchable in the Western Conference behind Lakers, Houston, uh, Golden State. So I could make a case for fifth. I could also make a case for like third least watchable just because of their
0: yeah
1: bellowing coach.
0: I'm going to give them, I, I think the the ladder that you're pointing to is correct. I'm going to give them um, down way down that list.
3: They're not quite that far down, but they're certainly not high. They are tenth on yeah. that list. That's fair. Your top five: Lakers, Rockets, Jazz, Warriors. Number four and the Denver Nuggets at number five. Ooh, yeah, All
1: right, they shoot a ton of threes. They get some intriguing the, players. The Warriors are three. Yes, yeah, so is that what? I Actually, said. the Warriors are four on that or list. Four? Behind the behind yes, behind Jazz, the Jazz. three. Yes. See, I feel oh, like Ricky, Ricky Rubio. So just, yeah, Ricky Rubio like makes that. teams watchable. Yeah, I don't because the Wolves and Rubio are now. always ranked yeah. super high as well, well.
3: My question is, and I think you guys are getting to it what's the biggest uh, screw-up on that list? The Wolves being 10 or one of those teams in the top five? Well, I think Golden State should be top two. So I, I'd say that. I, I think the
0: Wolves being 10 is, is actually fair. With their style of play, mm-hmm. I think 10 is incredibly fair.
1: I, I disagree. I think the Wolves should be higher. I I mean, yeah, does it get tiring watching Tom Thibodeau shout for two and a half hours, and can they what? can they be selfish in their style of play? But ultimately, Towns is fun to watch, Jimmy Butler is pretty fun to watch. Andrew Wiggins can be fun to watch sometimes. Can be, but they don't. And they don't shoot threes,
3: really. And, nah, I think 10's fair. All right. I'm good with really, 10.
1: so you, what, what are the other, do you have the full list? I do. Who are, who's like 7, 8, 9?
3: Uh, well, you go to the Thunder, 6, Pelican, yep. 7, Blazers, mm-hmm. Spurs, uh, before you get to the Wolves. Uh, your bottom five, Suns, Mavs, Clippers, Grizzlies, Kings.
1: Why are the Pelicans... I know they have Anthony Davis, but like, is Drew Holiday is really fun to watch? The Pelicans? I'm going to put the Wolves ahead of the Pelicans in terms of fun to watch, uh, right? No, I'm I'm fine with it, guys. Absolutely fine.
3: By the way, I saw something else. Uh, Charles Barkley was on with Dan Patrick today. Uh, He said, quote, Mm -hmm. the Timberwolves are better than the Lakers.
1: That's not a super hot take. It's not a super hot take. I don't Because t- the Wolves, let's say the Wolves are like a 50-win team, 48-50-win team. Well, this Laker, are we that sure that this Lakers team with LeBron and a bunch of young dudes and not much three-point shooting, are we that sure that that Lakers team is 57 wins no. or 55? Nope. It'll be, I, I think they're
0: a playoff team, but no. Yeah, it'll I'm be, not sure about
1: that at all. I mean, it's not like, oh, the the Lakers are 60 wins and the, the Wolves Lakers, are 45. The
0: Lakers, a year from now, when, when they've made more changes, will be. But not right now, necessarily. Well,
3: the interesting thing is that he said the Lakers were somewhere around like a 6
1: or 7 seed. So to say the Wolves are better, oh we're talking 4-5. Four, four 5, four, five. Hey, if, they can get, if they can get to a 4-5 game, they can win a series. If they can get to a 4-5 game. I would not want the series to be against LeBron James. because I, I might pick the Lakers to uh, win that series, but mm-hmm. not you know, win more games in the regular season, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. Wasn't the best of evenings for poor intern Max
3: last night. He was celebrating the fifth anniversary of his very first date with the gal Tay-Tay. Sounded like that. We was going very well. What dinner at noodles and company. Did you stick her with the bill again, Max?
2: It, it went great. Well, that's yeah.
3: Great. You took a walk around a lake. Yeah, oh, yeah that's that's nice. Good. Arbor
2: Lakes there at Maple Grove. Very it was nice, a,
3: Max. It was—I mean—it was a beautiful night. That was beautiful night. Gorgeous night, little
1: sun. You know, kind of cloud mix, not I, humid at all. I have a question. As a guy who grew up in the Maple Grove Corcoran area, yes, I always thought that Arbor Lakes was just like a made-up name for all of the stores. Is there actually? Are there well, actual arbor lakes? Well, that aren't there are a
2: series of, of man made lakes that because they're trying <laughs> to make this like a super hot spot in the Minneapolis area. And it is. And it is. Great sure. shops,
3: great food, yeah. uh, wonderful little Central Park area there. It but, is beautiful. Yeah. So, where's this going? This is going to what happened after dinner and the walk. Oh. Where Max had to uh, go play a little doubleheader, a, a little slow-pitch softball Wednesday night. Yeah, it's just my swing, bro. Beautiful <laughs> evening. I'm told that uh, the girlfriend accompanies every once in a while. Likes to just sit and watch, enjoy the boyfriend playing his softball. Well, it was her anniversary, and she couldn't be bothered. She had to go back home and get ready for the next day, wash her hair or something like that. Sounds wow. like she didn't really have other plans. But- she just decided to ditch out on poor Max. took Who... Also in game 2 of the doubleheader. It was game 2. Struck out. Oh no. In slow
2: pitch softball. Swinging or looking? Well, no, cuz you get you like foul ball strikeouts. That's a that's a thing. Oh, so it was a foul I ball I strikeout. fouled twice. Okay. I that's... was trying to go opposite field. No one was playing right field really. They had me shaded over as if I was going You were low mo like. Yeah, and I was trying to go right field. You tried field to do
3: something you couldn't. Oh wow. Okay. The <sighs> question is, what's the worst part of Max's night? Striking out with the gal, not even coming to watch his softball game on the <laughs> yeah. anniversary
1: dinner was enough. Or for striking out in slow pitch softball. Uh, I would say uh, you guys have been together for a long time. I would say uh, strike. It's not like there. It's a lack of security in the relationship. So I would say, Max, you got to put the ball in play, <laughs> buddy. <okay? laughs> Max, Lomo, ma- you got
2: to. You got. You he got shifted and he didn't know what to do. He screwed right, up. You got to make yeah.
1: contact here in fair territory. Okay, it's. Uh, you know. You know why? Like, that that's my out. game.
2: If you ask my buddies, my game At, is I'm opposite field, I'm opposite field, I'm opposite field. So you gotta get tricky though, because you almost awful. have to move you have to move around a little bit to yeah. poke the ball that way. Yeah, you gotta happy Gilmore a little bit, get a little running start. This
0: question's unfair. It was a perfect night for Max. So who who cares he struck out? He went out on a date with the gal. She left. That's perfect. <laughs> he went and played ball. He went and played ball. Probably went out for a few pops with the boys afterwards, right? We had. Am I right? We Some had, pops.
2: We had a few pops during. Okay. Uh, yeah. This
0: is a perfect night. <laughs> this is a Judd special. I love this. Fantastic. It's nothing the key wrong to with Twenty-five years of marital yeah. bliss. Right her there. saying, I'll, "That's the perfect answer from her."
2: I'm going to go home, honey. She was just like. Okay, be honest, Max. Is your team going to win? And I, I go, well, the first game we no, played the number one seed, so no, we're going to get killed. We did. Yeah. She's uh, a
3: fair-weather Max fan. I told her
2: second game we'll probably win, <laughs> yep. and we killed them. So everything that I told her was the truth, I'm and she's like, you know what, Max, I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm out. I go, okay. Tomorrow's that's, a work
1: day. Sounds great. <laughs> I have no criticism of your night. In fact, congratulations. And it sounds like you did a great job. <laughs> and Max, later on, Jeb will teach you how to distance yourself even more from your significant other. <laughs> <Great. laughs> <laughs> so
3: Matthew Collar alerted this, alerted us to this, that it exists. 2010, Scott Stapp, the title of the tune, Marlins will soar. This oh off our God. conversation, Scott
1: Stapp being the lead singer of Creed. He did a Marlins like, theme song, like a rah-rah Marlins song. Oh, my God. Let's play ball, it's game day.
4: <laughs> The strikeouts, bass hits, double plays. The harmonies. Take the field, hear the roar on the crowd.
1: He thinks he's oh, better.
0: There's no question about no, it. dude. It's a Cubs-like, he th- he thinks he's
3: Pearl Jam.
1: Although it, this is better than We're Gonna Win Twins. I'll give him that. It's time to put that song up to pastor. No, wash your mouth was out so oh, with stuff. That oh, that's song.
3: that's incorrect. That song needs yeah, to be put Maybe no, the original no. We're Gonna Win Twins, no. but we've got the jazzy version. And We're Gonna the Win Twins, Twins versions. Yeah, Those yeah, are much I better. couldn't yeah. be more against Anyway, movies. that... That might be the worst song of all time.
1: It's not, Let's I love, be honest. I love it. Every song he writes is like this, like, we're going to build up with late 90s rock he,
0: chords. He gargles words. <laughs> That's the only description I can give him. He gargles his words. He gargles the words.
3: Well, even if you are a Creed Scott Stapp fan, Kirk Cousins, you would have to admit that is the worst song you have ever heard. So I want from you guys an artist or band that you love... But man, that's a just a rotten song that they've produced, and you have to admit it and you can't listen to it.
1: I got two. You got, well, you have one in production. Uh, I'll give you the one that you don't have in in production. Uh, I've come around to Bruce Springsteen in the last seven or eight years, and I can't stand Born in the USA. And it's not like I'm not being anti American. I just don't like the song. It's such a pandering, let's make a mainstream hit song. And uh and so that but but the number 1 for me is you guys know I love Journey. And I get made fun of for my love of Journey. But every time any way you want it comes on the radio, instant change the channel for me. Instant. I love this song. It's a terrible song. Any no, it's not. Oh my god. No. It's awful. Caddyshack, Shack, I muted for 2 minutes. I love this song. So so let's uh, dance. I don't stop believing is also in this category too as a guy who loves journey any way you want it and don't stop believing I'm out. just get out. I leave the bar at one fifty five instead of one fifty seven just to avoid that song being played. I'm never at bars at one fifty five but I'm, I you gonna, know what I'm saying I was gonna
3: pick a springsteen song I'd go with glory days all right let's can't that's stand gonna throw that speed ball by you.
0: It's a fastball, Bruce. It's not a speed ball. Well, it might be a speed ball in rock and roll. Oh,
3: yeah, I guess
0: it could sure, be uh, a speed ball. There, a double meeting there. Well, the Fogerty song is awful too, though. Oh, center field. Oh, god, that's yeah, awful. C- center field is a terrible song. It's so cliche. Uh, I hate that song. And when they play the baseball <laughs> games, it, it just em- embarrasses me. <laughs> I just, it's embarrassing. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the Beatles. Off the White Album, they always... John and Paul always wrote songs for our guy, R- Ringo Starr, right? Because he couldn't really sing, and we give him... And this was a double album, and then they wrote this piece of crap.
4: Now it's time to say goodnight. Oh, a lullaby.
0: Good night, it's a lullaby night. written by John and Paul and put at the end of... The white album and it's awful
1: was this like a mainstream single he kind of sounds like kermit yeah that, that's ringo
0: he sounds like kermit no it, it was not mainstream it, it, it sounds it like just, it
1: does sound like sad kermit <laughs> yeah so you just picked an obscure beatles song that like no one knows no one, the song exists no really. but
0: it's the beatles and they have all these fantastic songs and then they wrote this lullaby which but is I feel like the spirit awful. of the question is a, a song that's known that no you, i took it differently i took it differently i took it as a song from a band i absolutely love that it embarrasses me. That song embarrasses me.
3: Good night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: time to say good
0: night. The lullaby was very popular at the time, though.
3: It's not that easy oh, in green. Now, that's
1: a great song. Sad Kermit. I love that song. There's like a sadkermit.com where he <laughs> sings yes. these songs. He does, I love that song. He does that, uh, that Nine Inch Nails and Johnny Cash song, Hurt. Yeah. Yes. And he's cutting yeah. himself in the video. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Google Sad Kermit. It's hilarious. (laughs) Little heroin, no He's doing drugs and stuff, yeah. (laughs) Yes, people. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. It's go time. You and me. On 1500 ESPN. Registration
3: is underway for the 37th edition of the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon, running from downtown Minneapolis to the state capitol grounds. In St. Paul, Sunday, October 7th, accomplish a bold feat while savoring the scenic beauty as two cities cheer you on run the most revered event in Minnesota running. The Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword, events. Ah.
1: Hold on. Rush over to the other desk, Dave. Oh, shoot. Hang on. Tiger just three-putt bogeyed. Oh, no. Look at this. Little uphill three-footer. Halfway down. Oh, boy, you got to make that. Really? Up and down today, huh? Well, he's still minus one. Dave's got the update. Do
3: you have a leaderboard update for Uh, us? I cannot provide that. Yes, I have shifted over to that desk. Tiger dropping a shot to one under par, which sits four below the lead. Still held by Kevin Kisner and Kevin Kisner alone. Five under, four under. You'll still find just Tony Finau, Xander Lombard, and Eric Von Ruin. Uh, the three under guys, same names Brandon Stone, Ryan Moore, Brendan Steele, all in the clubhouse. Uh, then we have two under Matthew Southgate, Danny Willett, John Rahm, <laughs> Rory, Zach Johnson at two under par, Justin Thomas at two under par. And yes, as you said, Tiger Woods at one under, uh, joining a very large group of
1: players at that number. Right on. All right. Uh, Brooks Kepka, just bulging out of his shirt, ready to pop a Michelob Ultra after this round is over. could be really, be really you know exciting. What,
0: what story I can't get past this Garoppolo story.
3: What part, Judd, can't you get past?
0: What's Garoppolo doing dating a forty plus year old porn star? I just don't get this. Are they dating or they, they just... the devil
3: around the date,
0: and she's and she was uh, tweeting some risque pictures after they got done uh, with dinner. And they were together in some hotel.
1: Does that make you question Jimmy Garoppolo's judgment as a quarterback, or I, what?
0: If he's a running back or receiver or defensive back, I, I absolutely don't care. Yeah, it is kind of I'm amused. It is kind of weird. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a highly attractive, incredibly well-paid uh, quarterback.
1: I would think he could walk out his front door and date almost any single woman that he wants it's to. Weird. So it's weird. Just based on, like... What he does for a living and the way he that, that he looks. No,
0: I'm with you on all that. Like, and I don't, maybe,
1: and I, don't, I don't mean to pass judgment. No. Well, maybe
0: she's... I'm trying to figure out, like, the whole... I mean, I get it, but I don't get it.
3: And she's not even young. She's like 41. She's could be closer to my age than his age. Maybe he wants to get in the movie business.
1: You can have two jobs. That's I, not illegal. I wouldn't overthink it. Okay, I don't think they're going to be rushing to get married anytime soon. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just enjoying Jimmy being Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess. I just don't get it. I wouldn't overthink it. I, 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 think I, I, just I doubt. Did, Phil. I doubt if she'll be sitting front row in Santa Clara in week three. Okay, just going to throw that out there. Okay. See all right. Uh, all right. You're out tomorrow. John Krasinski from The Athletic is going to sit in for you tomorrow. Johnny. So a lot, of, a lot of good Wolf stuff. See you guys.